0: Realm Presents Echo Park Starring Harry Shum Jr. Episode 7
2: James, Pacific Palisades, August 20th. There's an unfortunate stench of salt water mixed with something far, far worse. My limbs feel waterlogged heavy. When I finally managed to open my eyes, all I can see are neon blue waves. I shut them tight again. This is either the worst drug overdose of my life, or I'm drowning. If I'm lucky, it's both. You really fucked up this time, James. The last thing I remember is finding Charles dead, and then finding the bottle of sedatives in the glove compartment of my car. I have no memory of swallowing the pills, although I'm certain I did. That's my M.O., isn't it? When shit gets real, I check out. All that street savior bullshit may fool others, but underneath, there's really nothing worth saving. The side of my face vibrates. My phone, even in my drugged haze, the sound reaches me, grabs me by the lapels yanks me towards consciousness. I open my eyes, taking the cheesy-ass aquarium wall, a massive seashell looming over me at the head of the bed. Beneath it, I spot the pool of body fluids I clearly ejected and then rolled across the cheap hotel bedspread. Well, that explains a stench. Waves crash, not quite in time with my throbbing head. I look around, see the criminally offensive white noise emitter and throw my phone at it. The small device topples off the nightstand, and the incessant ocean sounds stop. Sadly, the throbbing in my head does not. Okay, so clearly I'm in one of those weird themed hotels. Motels? Whatever. I'm wearing an undershirt, boxers, and socks. Not one of my better fashion statements. But that means someone undressed me. I scan the room. And find my pants and buttoned down carefully draped over a gaudy velvet chair. Terrence must have brought me here to this nightmare hotel as punishment. Thinking about Terry makes my head hurt more, the look on his face when we found Charles, the horror, the pity, and then the accusation. You did this, James. You got Charles killed. Hmm. Hard to argue with his logic. A new surge of unrest kicks in my gut. I stumble to the bathroom, at least I get it all in the toilet this time. Afterwards, I splash water on my face and rub the gunk from my bloodshot eyes. I'm careful not to look in the mirror. It's been a long time since I tripped this badly, but I remember all too well the aftermaths. I stumble back to the room and retrieve my phone from the floor next to the broken white noise machine. My phone buzzes. A new message. Shit. Dozens of new messages. I scroll through them, wincing. My parents' anniversary dinner. My mother reminded me every day for a month. How the hell am I going to explain skipping out? But the next messages are even more alarming. All civil advisors assigned to the 90026 zip code requested for duty immediately. Echo Park. Something big is about to go down. Something bad. I look down at my stained undershirt. Shit, the LAPD's so-called random drug screenings have become more and more frequent these days, especially when it comes to testing their civil advisors. No way in hell am I going to have clean samples if I need to pass one now. I'll be pissing chemicals for days. Someone pounds on the door. Open up, it's me. Terrence, I don't bother putting on pants, just lurch for the door and yank it open shit it all out. I smell terrible. I look terrible. I remind you of something you ate last week. Yeah, go ahead. I can take it. I hobble to the velvet chair and collapse into it. Terence doesn't seem to hear me. He enters the room and paces by the bed, wiping his palms against his pant legs over and over, as if trying to scrape off a memory. A chill settles in the base of my spine. Quit being weird, Terry. Terence stops dead in his tracks and turns to me. His eyes wide. It's Roquet I I saw things, James. Very bad things. Jesus, Terry, what what do you I think Roke killed Mia and his kinder. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, slow down. Um <laughs> wait, what happened? What if it is Roke? What I just saw. We both know Charles didn't kill himself. I reached for my button down to pull it on. Given the way my hands are shaking, the buttons are going to take a while. Terrence watches, which is what I wanted, to give Terry something simple to focus on. Eventually, Terrence's breath slows. Good. Even on a calm down, I still have my de-escalation chops. Sit down, I'll get you some water. Moving is the last thing I want to do, but I haul myself toward the bathroom again. Just don't sit on the bed, it's not safe. I tried to warn you. I grab a glass from the sink and fill it with Los Angeles tap water. Possibly the worst beverage one human being could offer another. I head back to Terrence, now perched on the arm of the velvet chair, still ready to bolt. Terence starts babbling. Sophia Newhouse, she told me everything. Did you know there are studies on the Alpha Echoes being violent? Did you know that, James? When Roque and I were together, there were hints... I brushed him off. Roque was under a lot of strain. We all were. In anger, it's really an understandable response. But then tonight, I saw Roque beating the crap out of someone. Julian. One of our own. Fuck, James. The look in Roque's eyes. I've never seen anything like it. That does sound bad. This must not be the correct response because... It sets Terrence off again. Roque is a leader in our community. People, listen to them! His eyes widen again, and he covers his mouth with his fingers, as if trying to stop the next words. Oh, God. Uh, th- did I fuck a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, s- sorry. Sorry. Completely sober, James would never laugh at someone in pain. Completely hungover James acts like a prepubescent schoolboy. Lucky for me, Terence is still in his self-loathing spiral. Oh no, I miss all the signs. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I offer him the water. Well, I mean, I've been telling you that since we met. Terence stands and knocks a glass out of my hand. It flies across the room and shatters against a faux aquarium wall. The virtual fish scatter. God damn it! This is serious. I don't need your privileged boy jokes, James. You don't understand me. You don't understand us. I freeze. hand still extended. I didn't expect Terrence's words to sting this much. You don't know me, Terrence. Don't I? I saw where you live, James. I saw your mansion. I met your parents. My hand drops. Wait, what? You did what? You apparently decided an overdose was preferable to your parents' anniversary dinner, so I covered your ungrateful ass. Salt and pepper squid, James. Squid! I can't even fathom how much that costs! Is that how you've eaten your whole life? White tablecloth and fancy silverware and and servants? I stiffen. My life isn't as easy as it looks. Terence rolls his eyes. Oh, I'm sure. Parental pressure can be such a goddamn bummer. I picture it. Terence shaking hands with my father. Terence hugging my mother. Terence sitting in my chair. At the ridiculously large table in the ridiculously large formal dining room. You think one dinner with my parents makes you an expert on my life? You had no right to go there. To lie to my family. Terrence's eyes widened. You just said that to me. Unbelievable. You, the person who seems to delight in pretending he's me and tricking my friends. You only came to my community in the first place because you needed something from me. So yes, I had a meal with our parents, James. They're not your parents. What's the matter? Afraid they might like me better? I freeze, stunned by the twin daggers of Terry's cruelty and his astuteness. Because, yes, that's precisely the fear. Maybe I've been afraid of that since the moment I discovered had an echo in the first place. All your life, you hear the same bullshit. Every person is different and special and a goddamn miracle of uniqueness. And maybe that brings you some small measure of comfort. Until you meet yourself, and realize it's just a bunch of lies. This whole conversation is shit, and I've had enough. My phone buzzes again. Another alert from the LAPD. As entertaining as your breakdown is, I've got to go to the police station. There's an operation going down in Echo Park. Before I go in, though, I wait, hoping Terrence went to it what I need. Hoping I won't actually have to ask for the clean samples. I feel ashamed. I've ignored the shame in the past, shoved it deep into my psyche whenever it reared its ugly head. But today, I'm too raw, too tired, too empty. I hate that I need Terrence's help yet again, but Terrence doesn't offer. You're going to the station? Tell them about Roke. The cops can lock them up just just to keep everyone safe while we figure out what to do. Holy shit, Terrence. Listen to yourself. You want me to turn Roque over to those bastards. We don't know for sure yet. Terrence takes a step closer. You work with those bastards, James. You are those bastards. I'm not the fucking cops, Terry, and you know it. You feel guilty that you didn't notice your ex had a penchant for blood? I get it. We can look into it. Cross-check Roque's statements with murder reports. Plant a bug on them if you want. But cops, they are the nuclear option. No one wins if you push that button. Terence throws his hands up. You're not taking me seriously, and you don't always know best. About the cops? Oh, oh I sure as hell do. Terence crosses his arms. Fine, then I'm not giving you clean samples. Oh, so he did understand. My fists clench. I'm trying to save you and your precious Echo friends. Terence shakes his head, disgusted. You're trying to save yourself. Well, no one else is going to save me. Even I can hear the whining now, Terrence says. Look around. Who hauled your ass here when you stole a bottle of pills and checked out for days? Who made sure you didn't die choking on your own vomit? You're alone because your selfishness pushes people away. The only reason I haven't left yet is because I thought you could help me with this. Because of the circle. Because I believe we are bound by a profound connection. Give me the samples, Terrence. It's too late to grow a conscience. I expect obeisance or anger in Terrence's eyes. Instead, I find something far, far worse. Pity. I was wrong to enable you, James. I thought, well, I thought a lot of things. But all I've done is encourage your self-destructive tendencies. Well, that stops now. And it stops forever. You are not getting the samples. I could tell him to fuck off. I could dig into the mental bank of anti-clone slurs that I try to never think, let alone use, or I can stop thinking, give in to my base instincts. It's a sloppy right hook, but Terrence is surprised, so it lands anyway. Pain shoots through my knuckles and wrists and elbow, all the way to my shoulder. Terrence falls off the chair, landing smack in the middle of the puddle of water and broken glass. I leap on him like an animal, straddling his chest intending to beat the living hell out of the closest thing I have to a brother. A sliver of glass slides deep into my knee. I curse, throw a left jab at Terry's nose. But Terrence knows to protect his face. He was probably beaten up plenty of times since leaving the retreat. Terrence gets his forearms up just as I start raining clumsy-ass punches like a schoolyard bully. Fight me, Terrence! Have some goddamn spark! Pain in my knee turns white-hot. I'm not fighting you, James. He speaks in a low tone, even as he deflects my punches. He sounds fine. Calm, even. It only makes me angrier. We don't measure strength in the same way. Do what you need to do. Even now, Terry's playing the fucking therapist. I keep punching. My knuckles turn bloody, but I have no idea whose blood it is. Then again, we have the same blood, don't we? I'm practically beating up myself. Shit. I lower my hands. Terrence turns his head and spits blood on the carpet. When he looks back, his eyes go cold, his voice colder still. Can't believe I am the Echo. What the hell does that mean? But I know. I know. I shove off Terrence and stand. My shirt is speckled red. A thick line of blood oozes from the shards of glass still stuck in my knee. And of course, I'm still not wearing pants. Terence gets up slowly. His face is a disaster, one eye already swelling shut. He tries to wipe the glass shards from his back. Let me. Terence raises his palm in the universal sign for back the fuck up. No, not an inch closer, James. You do not get to touch me ever again. Terry, look, look, I'm still hungover, okay? I'm I'm not myself. You're exactly yourself, James. That's the problem. Terrence steps into the bathroom and curses. I grab my pants and pull them on. The glass stabs my knee again. I pick at it with slick, shaky fingers. I'm sorry, Terry. It's just what happened with Charles. You're always sorry, James. You're sorry, but it wasn't your fault. You're sorry, but your life is so hard. You're sorry, but it won't happen again. But it does happen again, James. You never change. Shame on me for not realizing it until now. Terrence is leaving, really leaving. Words gush before I can stop them. Give me the samples, and I'll tell the cops about Roke. Terrence makes no attempt to hide his disgust. I don't want your help anymore, James. Go back to your mansion and your excuses. I'll get what I need from Sophia Newhouse. Terry, wait! The door slams, and Terrence is gone. Somewhere on the floor, perhaps triggered by the door, the sounds of waves ebbs and flows again. I find the noise machine and smash it with my foot.
1: and how he rose from nothing to become New York's king of the egg cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The first thing I do after Terrence leaves is not question each and every one of my epically bad life choices, but instead, search the hotel room for fresh substance to abuse. I don't find any, of course, because this is a by the hour hotel, not a pharmacy. My phone continues to buzz. All civil advisors. <laughs> Screw it, I mutter and call in. Dispatch answers on the second ring. LAPD, Officer Francine Mann, how may I assist you? I switch to my official voice. <clears throat> Francine, it's a civil advisor James Zhang calling in as requested. What the hell's happening in 90026? Civil advisor Zhang, proceed to your precinct for immediate screening and assignment. Fuck. If it's an emergency, why not cut straight to the assignment? Bureaucracy's a killer, am I right? Jesus H. Christ on a cracker. James, really? Francine says. The phone clicks to the dullest R&B music in the world. She put me on hold? I should hang up. Does she know what I'm doing? How obvious was that? Maybe Francie didn't notice. Or maybe she did. And she decided to let me skip the screening. The line clicks again. Yo, James! I groan inwardly. Detective Wu Young. What an immeasurable pleasure. Francine says you're trying to get out of the screening, Zhang. What? No, 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 of course I'm not. It just seems like a waste of time when there's a big operation in the works. Take the bait, you prick. I wonder what your precious advisor committee will do when we tell them one of their own refused to report for drug screening. Wu Young doesn't have proof that I use. If he did, I would already be gone. But he clearly suspects. That, or he just enjoys making my life as difficult as possible. I'm not refusing. Look, I'll be there soon. I just need to get clean. U Young suggests find my pants. U Young does not find this funny. Listen, James, maybe it is uh, best if you sit this one out. It's a big opt, and you know you're a little too close to the targets. Targets. Fuck. If I'm not there watching every one of these bastards, who knows how many justified use of force claims will be filed before the day is out. I'm coming in, Young. I'll take care of the screening. Whatever. Young hangs up. I call Terrence. Just to warn him. Nothing more. No answer. I think of contacting Roque, but if Terrence is right, they might be a murderer. There's no telling how they'd react to news about incoming police raid. Think, James. Think. How am I out of options so quickly? Jeez, what does that say about me? Yeah, okay, well, I know exactly what it says. And maybe I still have one option. One terrible, no-good option left. I wash the wound on my knee and finally pull on pants. My undershirt and button-down are a disaster, but I do my best to smooth out the wrinkles. After a few hurried minutes, I'm almost presentable. If the universe grades on a curve. I don't let myself stop to think. I call my father. James, if this is an apology, you have two minutes. If it's anything else, I don't have time. All things considered, as warm a reception as I dared hope for. What would you like me to apologize for first? Always so glib. I don't deserve the disrespect, and neither does your mother. (sighs) Terry must have been an absolute gem during the anniversary dinner. Look, Dad. I'm sorry. I wasn't myself understatement actually you were just as much of a disappointment as i've come to expect i keep my voice steady i've had a lifetime of practicing ignoring these statements i don't even remember what i said dad look i i just want to put it behind me behind us the phone goes silent for a minute i think he's hung up no such luck fine come to dinner tonight and we'll discuss your career options career options what fresh hell is this? I'm happy with my job. <laughs> I, you said that last night, several times. So, Terence defended me. I feel a surge of something dangerously close to sentimentality. But the thought of Terence reminds me of why I'm going through this emotional obstacle course in the first place. I'm happy to talk about whatever you want. Okay, next time I'm home, we'll have a good long sit down. I'll even take notes. But right now, I need something. I'm not getting you anything illegal, James. Fuck, I'm never going to outlive my own reputation. Nothing illegal, dad, just DNA samples. Clean ones that can pass as mine. My father curses, a colorful mix of Chinese and English with possibly some Russian mixed in for good measure. I rub my face with my hand. Please, please, I, I, I wouldn't ask if it weren't important. Okay, something is going down in Echo Park today, and I know you care about the echoes, Dad. I know you do. We've never talked about it, but now, well, let's just say I know why you care. This conversation is over. For the second time in 20 minutes, I'm left holding a silent phone. I really want a chunky rainbow right now. But if I'm being honest, I'd swallow a bottle of anything. The LAPD headquarters smells like cigarettes, even though smoking hasn't been legal inside the building for decades. I wonder if they get the odor piped in through the vents, along with the toxic masculinity. I thumb the security pad at the door. My ID pops on the computer screen and the guard motions me through the metal detector. I walk slowly, trying to hide the wobbling in my legs, and hoping nobody will notice the blood soaking through my pants at the knee. The guard doesn't even blink. For once, I'm grateful for the LAPD's lackluster work ethic. Drug screening is on floor two, but that's the last place I intend to go. I also avoid the detective's floor. Instead, I head into the bullpen, the rat's maze of cubicles where most of the precinct's shit gets done. Lucky for me, Officer Kisa Lincoln has enough seniority to pull a cubby with privacy. I sit in her visitor chair without waiting to see if I'm welcome. The way my day's going... I'm probably not. Hey, Kisa. Kisa's oversized glasses reflect the glow from her screen. She does not look up when I sit, but her lips twitch like she's just caught a whiff of dog shit. I don't have time today, James. Go play narc somewhere else. I will, Kisa. Promise. Just tell me what the hell's going on with the echoes. When she doesn't reply, I nudge closer. I know you know. You're wearing your vest. Stop looking at my chest, asshole. They're sending you out, aren't they? Kisa stops typing and looks at me. Go home, Jimmy. Shit's about to get dark. That's why I'm here. Look, I can help. No one knows the echoes like I do, Kisa. She leans in. Tell me straight up. You clean? If I lie, she'll march me upstairs to the lab herself anyway. And maybe, just maybe... I'm finally getting tired of lying. I'm feeling fine now, but no, I'm not clean. Kisa sighs with wariness of a person 50 years older. (sighs) It's a raid, a big one. De-escalation is the official word, but unofficially, it's a roundup. You got friends there, give them a heads up. They don't have much time. I nod. Friends, sure. Tell them not to bring weapons. If they fight, it's going to get nasty. I go cold. Does Kisa really believe that weapons are what makes the cops turn violent? If they want to bash skulls, then they'll bash skulls. The excuses come after. I need to be there, Kisa. Can you get me on the team? Officers, report to transport. Kisa stands. I'm not bringing a stoned watchdog on a smash and grab, okay? Go home. You want to keep your job, take care of yourself and leave the clones to us. You've never had a problem with that before. I grab her sleeve. You're my only friend here, Kisa. Please. She shakes me loose and grabs her jacket. You think this is a friendship? Jesus. You really don't know shit about people, do you? Kisa pushes past me. I don't even turn to watch her go. I drop my forehead to Kisa's desk. She's right. I'm Fucking worse. I don't deserve to live in my parents' house. I sure as hell don't deserve a friend like Terrence. How did I get this far in life without finding one person I can count on no matter what? The answer comes immediately. Because I've never been that person for anyone else. Selfish to the fucking core. And now that I actually want to help Terrence, to help all the echoes... My past mistakes have risen to bite me in the ass on the same day. Kisa's computer beeps, an alert. More out of habit than anything else. I raise my head to squint at the screen. Body found, unidentified white male, approximately 30 years of age, buried in an unmarked grave. Encino Hills Cemetery. Corpse's face looks familiar. Could have sworn I've seen that wavy black hair before. Recently, in fact. Carefully, I reach toward Kisa's keyboard and click through the pictures. The profile shot is the one that does it. I saw that angled nose in the files for the very first echo death. The murder of Mia Capcorn. The dead man is Mia's boyfriend, Benny Gemini, the one who conveniently disappeared right after her murder. I carefully retrieve my phone and snap a shot of the computer screen. I'm not supposed to be in the precinct, unescorted. And it'll be Kisa's head if they find me taking photos. But this is important. Goddamn important. Until now, missing and on the run Benny was the cop's key person of interest. Now, they might have to look at other suspects. Like me and Terrence have been doing. Mia. Iskinder, Benny. Charles. Charles Sagittarius is the key. He went into hiding with Terry, and Terry didn't tell a soul where they went. But the murderer found Charles anyways, shortly after I arrived. How? Oh, fuck. Terry didn't tell anyone where he went, but I did. I opened my big fucking mouth and blabbed about Terry hiding Charles to Sophia Newhouse. I even asked if she wanted to come with me to track them down. Sophia! whose own Echo was the first murder victim. Sophia, who is involved in the clone community, close enough with their members to attend Circle events. I fed her exactly the information she needed. What an absolute idiot. This time, I can't even blame the drugs. I leapt to my feet and raced for the exit. Last I saw Terry, he was headed to see Sophia. Innocent, ridiculously trusting Terry. A lamb to the slaughter.
0: You're listening to Echo Park, starring Harry Shum Jr. Echo Park is a Realm production. Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away.
1: The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Echo Park stars
0: Harry Shum Jr. and Nikki Toazon. Written by Curtis C. Chen, Monty Lin, Millie Ho, Sloane Leong, and Jen Reese. Produced by Rhoda Beeza, Fred Greenhalge, Kaylin West, and Haley Wagreich. Directed by Pun Bandu. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Marcy Wiseman, Julian Yap, and Harry Shum Jr. Associate produced by Michael Coulter. Starring Harry Shum Jr. and Nikki Tauzon. Loop Group actors David Chen, James Taku Leung, Constance Parng, and Artemis Snow. Sound design by Krista Giametti. Mixing and mastering by Rory O'Shea. Audio editing by Jason DeWald. Original score by Martin D. Fowler. Music supervision by Marcus Begala. Production manager Alexis Latshaw. Production coordinator Angela Yi. Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Cover art by Kendall Thomas and Louise Daisy. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Find more shows like Echo Park by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.